0: It's Wednesday, friends, which means we're back. Brandon and I are back. How are you doing, Brandon?
1: That's right. It is time for eight bits. I'm great. I'm great. Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a really really fun week for me. I've been getting to play around with something, I'll say some some new stuff that I haven't gotten to play with before. Um, I'm sure you've used it, but have you ever tried to create your own Power BI dashboard, Chloe?
0: You know what? I have watched someone do that. <laughs> uh, but tell me more because I, I feel like this is something that could be very powerful for me.
1: Oh <laughs> hey, goodness. Well, um, so for anybody who hasn't heard of Power BI, it's um it's this charting tool that Microsoft has. And it's really cool because it's really powerful. Um, you don't really have to know much about data science and analytics. You can kind of just point it at a data source. So whether maybe that's an Excel spreadsheet, maybe it's a database, maybe it's something in the Cloud. Um, you can just point it at this data set and then it gives you all these drag and drop tools. So it's like, give me a bar chart, give me a, uh, a line chart, uh, give me a filter, and it'll give you all the pretty colors and it does so much stuff for you. And you know, we, I've used dashboards that other folks have created before and because you know, we use Microsoft's... them a
0: lot internally, yeah. especially <laughs> okay, on our team, we're constantly, constantly looking at Power BI. Can confirm.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah, Microsoft's a very data-driven company. If you couldn't guess, you know, bunch of engineers. We love looking at data, and yeah, I've so we've been I've been using them for years, but this is my first stab at trying to actually create one, Ooh. and it's it's been pretty cool. I um, I first thought that I could build an API and that I could just okay. kind of. Tell Power BI to like, hey, go get the data from this API, um, but it didn't want to do that. But once I found like, instead of feeding that data through an API, I could put it in a database, and then Power BI will just fetch the data from the database. Great. And so yeah, I've been building a dashboard today to try and look at some some internal metrics, and now I have just such a whole new. Um, Oh, so praise, respect, uh, admiration <laughs> for folks who have been building these dashboards for our team. Because I, you just start with this like blank canvas and you just go. Oh, I can look at it like I can organize this any way I want. I can pull Think the data of all the data. <laughs> and it's, it's so overwhelming, and so I start like dragging and dropping, and like the data starts coming to life, and then I'm just like, "Ooh!" But then I could also do this, and I can do this, and like. I think I just need to, uh, <laughs> need to circle up with uh, Maxime uh, yes. who's also on our team and just uh, kind of pause myself and be like, hey, man, what do you think of this so far? Does this make any sense to you? <laughs> Is this uh, just like my brainchild crazy creation? But it's been fun. I, I didn't, didn't realize how, and I, I don't want to say hard because it's not hard. It's literally just dragging and dropping and kind of clicking some checkboxes that says this data shows up on this chart. The the big picture, like how do you look at this organization of data and at a glance be able to digest all this information, colors and lines? It's uh it's fun. Overwhelming, but fun.
0: <laughs> I need to get you one of my database stickers. I actually have my mouse pad right here. You've become Ooh. officially a database, Brandon. <laughs> okay.
1: Data science expert now. Data science expert.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've actually been spending a lot of time in Power BI as well because it's Connect season, um, which I believe we talked about on our last show. Connects are uh, something that we do at Microsoft pretty frequently to uh, to kind of check in on what we're doing and what we want to be doing and how things are going. And I feel like Brandon, the only way that I can describe the vibes at Microsoft lately because it's connect season (laughs) and it's build build is coming up very, very soon is almost like, a Santa's workshop type situation. Like imagine (laughs) all of the workers at Microsoft right now, just to give you a little, little sneak peek behind the scenes here. Everyone at Microsoft is like little Santa's workshop toy elves, like getting ready for build, getting their content together, you know, getting everything ready, shining up the, I guess not the physical space, but the cameras (laughs) and the lights. Um, and it's just a very exciting, buzzing time uh, over here, but it's, it's equally exciting as it is stressful. So if you see or meet with a Microsoft employee uh, over the next couple of weeks, give them a virtual hug. Just be <laughs> like... Hang in there. Um, but, yeah, I'm super excited for Build. And I've been spending a lot of time in Power BI as well as I get ready for my Connect. I'm looking at a lot of data lately. Um, but super excited for the student zone at Build. Like, I think there's going to be – well, I know there's going to be some really, really cool stuff going on in the student zone. I know you're probably really excited about some .NET announcements, I'm going to guess, my dude.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, full disclosure, I know what the announcements are going to be. But they – are exciting and yes. so yeah. .NET developers, Xamarin developers, C sharp developers, stay tuned because um, there's updates coming for .NET six. There's updates coming for .NET Maui, which is the next evolution of Xamarin Forms. There's C sharp ten will be <laughs> rolled out. So all this, all these goodies that uh, you know next time we hang out on the show, we can actually talk about, but yeah, tune in for build. And um, it, if, if you've never heard of build and he keeps hearing us say, just build, build, build. It's Microsoft's yearly developer conference. So if you are a developer and you use any Microsoft tools, anything from Visual Studio, VS Code, I mean, I do .NET, C Sharp, Chloe does a lot of stuff with, uh, what would you say, Python,
0: Azure functions, all of that fun <laughs> stuff. I'm Azure. Just,
1: How do we not say Azure? Yeah, if you do anything with Azure,
0: right? Azure, tune
1: in to build VS next Code. Year lots of
0: VS Code stuff's gonna probably be happening. <laughs> um, I have a short link if people want to go register and sign up. It's totally free. You can go to aka.ms slash eight builds. Do you like what I did there, Brandon? Eight builds. I see what you did It's there. like eight bits show. Um, And yeah, you can go and sign up and register. We'll be announcing some really cool stuff about the student zone very soon. Um, and I'm just, you know, every every build, uh, this is my third, is it my third? Third build now, I think. Um, and every night before build on the 24th, I say a little prayer and I go, please announce that Clippy is coming back to Microsoft Word. <laughs> It is yet to happen, but uh, a girl can dream. So um, that's what I'm going to be looking out for. But uh, I will be hosting and maybe doing a little bit of recap stuff as well. I'm sure we're going to be recapping on here because, you know, build is a big day. We're getting ready. It's like getting ready for Christmas. I guess that makes Uh, Satya Santa Claus. That's (laughs) kind (laughs) of weird.
1: So true. But also, yeah, at the same time, just like you said, it's it's a busy time this time of year at Microsoft because... We all have to do our connects, which is our yearly reviews. So we have to do all of that, and get that in before, typically before the end of the month. But then also, this month is also our biggest developer conference of the year. So no pressure. We're all doing fine. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, send some like if you know a Microsoft employee, send a little e-card to them and be like, "Hang in there." Um, but no, it's really fun. I feel like it's 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 like putting putting on an event is is such a uh, experience. Of course, you know. Doing a stream every day is one thing, but doing something that is so many different people and technologies and announcements and, gosh, I I'm so excited. I'm excited and scared, um, <laughs> as Little Red Riding Wood from Into the Woods says. Um, should we? Is it time? Should we introduce our guest, Brandon? Is Ooh, it about it that time? time?
1: Yes, and we have such a such an amazing guest. We got to uh, chat with her a bit on Monday. Um, do. Her, we usually do like a pre-show chat and so excited to share her background. Uh, she's a friend of the show. So maybe you've seen her around, seen her in the comments, but let's welcome Khalid De La Rosso. Welcome to the show. Hello, guys. guys. Hello, hello.
0: <laughs> welcome to the show. It feels like we've known you for much longer because we've seen you yes. in the chat. Yes, I do a great <laughs> job of stalking both of you. So so you're almost like you've are for folks who've listened to the podcast or uh, watched the show before, you may know our guest from uh, different comments and stuff that we've brought up before. So it's so nice to have you face-to-face face Yeah, us. <laughs> Yeah, and it's great to
2: meet the two of you finally face-to-face, I guess.
0: <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, we're going to go into all the details of how you got into tech and everything like that, but tell the folks at home who you are and what you do.
2: Yeah, so um, my background is in design and development. So um, I couldn't pick a side, so I decided to do both. Uh, but I have basically been um, kind of in code and in Photoshop since, ever since I could remember. And I started in my teens doing that. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows LiveJournal or Zanga, but that was my crowd and that was my scene. Um, and I would make stuff for forums and make stuff for fan sites i i have i have a love for film and tv and so i was obsessed and with all of that that went with it so to show that i created stuff to promote that kind of love and obsession and so um, i then got an associates in visual communications cuz that was the very broad stroke back in the early uh 09 2010s era and it worked um, and it led me to kind of in the first of my career, multimedia specialist gigs where I could use the design, the development, and the um, kind of love for editing and film there, and then I kind of dropped one out of the three because it was too much to manage, and then I stuck with design and development, and I stuck in private tech companies to so small, you know, agencies that would uh, create WordPress-based websites to promote uh, anything and everything um, on a marketing side. And then I realized that I was reaching burnout too often. And so now I actually work for the government. Um, I am working for a city based in Washington state. So that's where I am now. And I am managing and maintaining the website content there, but I'm not touching any code, which is really interesting.
0: Okay. So I have to rewind and ask a very important question that I am (laughs) upset, Brandon. We have never asked our previous guests before. Live journal what kind of theme were you rocking on live journal like do you remember like if you had like a like a template that you use because I vividly oh. remember mine <laughs> uh,
2: no well i i was I've been like a simple designer so I use like the very simple templatized team that you could or theme that you could find um but what I cared more about were the avatars that you could use for your icons oh, yeah. and that is what I needed to change on a regular basis and stay up to date with if I didn't <laughs> I would be very disappointed in myself uh, Uh, just obsessed with movies and film. Like if if there was a new movie and a new character that I loved, and this is still the 30 year old version of Kali. This isn't just 14, (laughs) 15 year old version of Kali. I would need to make that avatar an icon to be like, this is me saying I love this character, by the way.
0: I feel like there must be (laughs) such an interesting case study. If we were to look at present day designers in our age demographic and how simple and easy their live journal like UI was to use, because mine was some chaotic energy. I remember I had a uh, Grease, the musical template on my live journal <laughs> that had a dance from them doing the hand drive and it with Olivia Newton-John yes, and, yes, uh, yes. John Travolta. and John Travolta. yes. And uh, it was a lot of chaotic energy. And I think that says a lot about me <laughs> and how I ended up being as an engineer. Brandon, did you have a live journal?
1: No, I didn't. I, I had <laughs> Well, I had friends in uh, in high school that had them, and I won't won't share the story and the details or who it is, but <laughs> some friends got in trouble for some things they wrote on LiveJournal. Oh my, um, yeah. I mean, it's silly looking this back. This happened on at it. my it's, school too. <laughs> oh really? <What>? Um, <laughs> it, it was one of those things where you know, looking back at it, what they did wasn't anything bad, but you know how like schools. And I'm sure they still do, will overreact and like Mm -hmm. suspend you for whatever reason they want to, right? It's like, oh, your shirt doesn't have sleeves. Suspended. Your Uh, skirt
0: isn't fingertip (laughs) linked. You go to the office. Where's your knee? Yeah,
1: where's the (laughs) skirt? Where's
2: your
0: knee?
1: (laughs) Yeah, something something like that that um, the school didn't know about, but I guess somebody read it on their live journal. And that was a very, uh, I guess, rude awakening into the early days of social media that's like, Hey, things you put on the internet. Mm-hmm. Those have real world consequences. Screenshots
0: are oh, forever. Yep. You can delete a tweet and you can delete a live journal post, but screenshots are forever, children.
2: <laughs> the well, live journals still exist if you can't remember your password to get back into, then delete it. So.
0: Oh, dang. <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> I need to go find mine. I know that mine was private or protected, I should say. Um, oh, my. Mine, mine that is so funny. Yeah. I mean, like. I'm really upset that I can't log into my MySpace anymore, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, I would just love to ha- have that aesthetic in a little time capsule. Um, and the but I love that. The,
2: uh, <laughs> the was section.
0: that kind of your first introduction then to programming? Was live journal yeah. templating?
2: Uh, well, not live journal templating. It was fan sites for. Like anime shows like I, I I basically there would be these websites that would create like a div layout or a table based layout, and it was essentially something that you could download to then upload didn't know how, of course, but you could download that to then upload your own content and what really intrigued me about it is because I would essentially kind of break like an open div tag and then see what that happened, like let's see what what would come out yeah. of that, and it would totally move an image this way or, you know, delete something. And I was just like, Hey, that's actually really cool. And it was that connection from being able to look at the code, to look at the live preview of the website, and then seeing what the breaking and and those action reactions were happening that really sparked this love for, okay, let's say, what can I do for this? Or what can I create? Or how can I create this? And so I would then learn how to, you know, view page source and then break it that way and see what that would do or I would I didn't have I mean because back then you know html editor was this bootlegged version of and like a notepad that had some syntax coloring for the html and the css that would go into it and it was enough to be able to for me to be able to understand and read it so that when I went into college and even into high school and I kind of expanded my knowledge in that field I still had this understanding that could kind of carry me through into it and the designs part of it only came because I have this really, I have this frustrating eye for stuff that if things look or aren't like legible or aesthetically pleasing, it bothers me. To, and, and like, even to, I'm sure you can see the orange thing behind me. That's bothering. I'm I'm now spending like my time, <laughs> like making sure my head is like blocking that orange thing because I know, it's, I know it's not a- a- like aesthetically pleasing and, Normally people might not be able to notice that or care about that, but I really carried that into kind of like my, my dev work and, um, going to school for visual communications that was so broad, it, it, that also fed into the ability to kind of say, I can run a photo shoot with my design eye and then know the limitations of what this needs to be on a website. And so I had carried that into the rest of my career and here I am.
0: Yeah. Ah, oh, I love that. So your degree <laughs> was technically in?
2: Visual communications.
0: Visual communications. And for folks mm-hmm. who don't know what that degree is or what it's like, what was kind of the the idea that you had when you decided to major in that?
2: Um, The idea was to have a plan B, honestly, because I wanted to <laughs> go into editing. I wanted to go into film, but I'm based in Washington state and I didn't want to leave Washington state. Um, So it was tricky of like, okay, I know that there's some 3D modeling, there's some editing courses in here. I had gone to a, a votech school in high school that kind of was the same thing where we're going to kind of put you in, we're going to put you in the space and kind of throw things at you that might stick. And so that was the plan with the associates. I, I was just like, you know, I'm going to do two years of this and then maybe try something in relation to editing or anything like that. And like I said, that's why those first initial jobs right outside of college, um, either contract or full time, were. Very like multimedia centered in the idea of saying, "Okay, you know all these random things. Let's kind of put you in this role that would allow you to touch those random things on a regular basis."
0: Truly a
1: Jill of all trades.
0: I <laughs> mean, you were doing so many different things. That's so awesome.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> and even in the comments, uh, <laughs> "Hello on Earth" says, "Gotta love Plan B's." And yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's always, yeah, it's always good to have um, multiple paths. That's mm-hmm. something I definitely strive for in my life is, yeah. You know, there's there's a plan. But, you know, if this plan doesn't work out, then we can fall back to this plan. And
0: Hey, you know, and you know what? Plan no Bs are totally great. I mean, Microsoft is not a bad plan B. And I...
1: Well, no. I wanted to be a Broadway actress.
0: So, you know, like, I, I love that, that you kind of, you never know truly where you're going to land. Like, like a plan right. B can actually end up being your plan A in disguise, which is a, is a really, you know, I think we talked about this on the last show, maybe like, how do you know what you want till you get what you want and you see if you like it? It's a quote right. from Into the Woods. Like, how do you maybe you get to your plan A and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I hate this. <laughs> I <Like>, get <me laughs> out of here. <laughs> I I love that like to I if I have um if there's any advice I can give out there for you know students or folks who are just like starting in their careers, um, you don't have to commit to one thing your entire life. Like you mm-hmm. can always find other things that you're interested in or other technologies, specifically if you're in tech. So it's mm-hmm. really cool to hear that you started in tech such a different way and you've you've mm-hmm. moved into what you Enjoy about it. It sounds like,
2: yeah, I mean, thankfully, uh, I honestly, I think having those i guess a plan b and a plan C definitely helped me navigate kind of like how life would would take me and 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 then also just technology in general. I mean, like like I said, when i was when I was on live journal and uploading videos that I was making for, you know, like I, I don't know if you guys are anime fan fans, but um i was I used to make anime music videos, which was shorthand AMVs. Oh, I um, love it. And there were massive <laughs> forums around them. But that was the only way that you could upload your videos was through these forums. There was no YouTube. And then I, I don't even know when vi- video came out. But
0: So for our younger viewers, yes. listeners, because I feel like for people who were not around in this age of the internet where AOL was huge and the bandwidth was poor <laughs> could you describe what these videos were like i really need to know like like could you aesthetically describe like were you showing pokemon like what <laughs> like i feel like we need to paint this picture
2: <laughs> okay, okay so picture me um i'm i'm turning on my gateway pc cuz that was my first Ugh, pc beautiful. and the packaging had cows Cow on it literally the only thing i remember about it and all i had to my name were um was um Wendy, windows movie maker um and <laughs> bootlegged uh, copies of card capture sakura and okay. and spirited away and a couple of other hayao Miyazaki how did you
0: obtain these
2: we won't go down. Okay, that okay. Way. <laughs> this
0: is probably the same way that I got my Broadway bootlegs back in the day before YouTube. Well, I, so got
2: you. right. <laughs> I, I Well, I didn't trust Torrance. I didn't do. I didn't do that route. I just. I found really low quality clips that people would yeah. upload. You know, again, these forums. Like people were just like, "Hey, you want to do this? Try that." And so, essentially, I would use my cap- card, Captor Sakura episode, and let's say it's about I don't know. She's. Do you guys know this show?
0: (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) I'm sure people are screaming listening to this. Jeremy Sinclair, if you're watching, we apologize.
2: (laughs) Well, Cardcaptor Sakura is, I think she was like 11 or 12. And she was saving the world essentially by collecting these cards that had been released. And that was essentially like Pandora's box was opened. And these cards had all these different like monsters, not monsters. They were really pretty beautifully animated things back in my like when by, for my 12 year old self and she would um essentially capture them with a wand anyways that's the backstory of that show so i would find a song that would fit an episode or fit a movie to either extend on the story or add a story or add an alternative um universe um and essentially i would take the clips and to Windows Movie Maker and the audio. And I would overlay any pertaining clips and essentially kind of make a trailer or just like I said, this miniature movie that flowed with the song. Um this is th- so
0: artistic. Like I <laughs> thought you were just doing like a mashup of all 150 Pokemon, but this is this has no. plot. This is the <laughs>
2: There, I no, this. I, I, it's funny. I'll look back on these videos. Cause I was making about one video a month back then. And I, wow. there's two a videos. content on-
0: producer yeah. and a young age. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> 12 um, years I, old? Uh,
2: I started at 14. I, I, wow. my first video is dated 14. I, I have the proof cause I still have it on my PC. This
0: should be yeah. on your resume. I love this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. And so I well, it's funny. I do actually still have a couple of videos on YouTube. If we want to share it at the end, if people want to watch, it's for the show, the hundred. But it's- drop us
0: the link in the private chat, <laughs> and we'll figure out a way to share it. Right. <laughs> um, but no,
2: that's where I learned like typography and um, yeah. color, color correction, and blending, and 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 it was this weird synchronization of all of this stuff that um, that yeah, I. I was like, well, how can I showcase this, or how can I add to the conversation? Because everyone else seemed to be doing it, um, and it was so interesting. Because yeah, back then, as you were saying, you know, it's AOL, it's band, it's low bandwidth, dial up, and all that. So you feel very isolated. Um, so it was one of the things where if I could find more people that were doing it, then I would try to contribute. And so then those people were making websites, and then those people were making graphics, and I was using Photoshop elements to create the banners. Like my my videos, as, as I got better with designing my videos, I created like little banners for my videos that were like posters essentially. So you're and... doing
0: all of like marketing for it too? Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. This is so, I love that this totally informed like what you ended up going into as mm-hmm. as a job as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty crazy when you when you think about it too, because I I didn't drop the love for movies. I didn't drop the love for tech or design. I definitely didn't drop the love for like the collaboration and like getting people hyped up. And that was one of the reasons why that I was doing what I was doing because I wanted I wanted to share my crazy obsession with others, regardless yeah. of what it was.
0: I think you made a really great point too about that era of the internet in the AOL mm-hmm. days, we'll call them, mm-hmm. yeah. um, that finding and building community on the internet was not as easy as it was today. Like yeah. I remember my only source of connection with other people outside of my maybe uh, guardian protected <laughs> AOL account was AOL chat rooms. And I was constantly yeah. in the Pokemon chat rooms. I had a Pokemon newsletter that I maybe sent to like a A hundred people. But that was really it. Like there were, we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have, like forums were really the only thing that existed, but there wasn't really a standardization. I know I spent a lot of time on the Broadway world forums. Shout out to anybody who was on there. Um, But it was so much harder to to find people with like interest. I feel like today you could just go on TikTok and find like 2000 videos on a very niche, you know, struggle that you're having. And Mm -hmm. today it's like, that that's so cool. You were able to find a community through creating art, essentially.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's it's actually how I almost landed my first job in high school because I created a video as like my interview piece. Um, and almost got hired, but it was too far away and I didn't have a car. Um, and <laughs> yeah. then and yeah, and then in college my my graduation piece was another video that again was like had marketing attached to it and design and then a website attached to it. So it's that. it's all crazy when you kind of think about it it was that gateway pc is what started it literally the cows
0: brandon <laughs> what what were you doing on the internet in this era i was not making i was trading sheet music to get bootlegs of broadway videos in like <laughs> AOL chat rooms
1: <laughs> um yeah definitely was not up to that caliber either i mean uh, yeah, we had AOL. Um, my first PC was also from Gateway, so very familiar with the the cow print. And remember, yeah, remember unboxing that PC that had um, oh, it had an eight gigabyte hard drive. And I just remember thinking, like, there's no way that we'll ever fill this up. This this computer's so powerful. But um, yeah, my I mean, I was I was online, um, but it was more just playing video games, um, chatting Mm. with friends. Uh, Mm. I have have really nothing impressive about (laughs) teenage me (laughs) to show for um, other than maybe some like hours spent playing rollercoaster tycoon.
0: (laughs) I remember being so thrilled with my parents. So we were a a Mac family and I wanted to play games, like all the games were on PC and not Mac. And I had to like have all the, you know, Mac version of Barbie fashion designer and things that I wanted. So for years after my parents finally got me a Dell every day, I'd be like, dude, you get getting a Dell. Cause I was so excited to have a PC in my home. <laughs> Very thankful. Um miss miss that era miss that aesthetic and era of Cal print computers. Let's bring it back.
2: Hey, yeah. Okay, let's yeah. Put, put, yeah, petition to bring it back,
1: please. Is it <laughs> around still? I feel like I haven't heard about them in a long time.
0: Oh, that's a know. great that's a good question. <laughs>
1: I remember yes, yes, going yes.
0: to Fries, picking out my different RIP fries, mm-hmm. picking out all the different things that I wanted for my Dell, making a custom setup, getting my monitor. Those are the days.
2: <laughs> oh, fries, and now they're closed except for one location, which is very sad. I was, I was like, oh, the end of an era. Great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about. We we mentioned a little bit at the top of the show about how you've made this transition uh, from working at private tech companies to working mm-hmm. um, in government work. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that journey. That sounds like a, a very uh, up and down journey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's a I we're all the same age on this show um, for what I can gather, and I didn't know anybody that worked in government. Um, and if you did, it was never tech related. It was never um, it was like permits or licensing or something a little bit, you know, um, I guess more more citizen based. Um, but last year, due to COVID, unfortunately, I or the panini, as we like to say in here, multiple times, <laughs> um, I was laid off from uh, a marketing role. And my husband, you know, he he just kind of recommended, "Why don't you look in government?" Uh, We had known that the benefit's pretty awesome, but um, it it was never on my radar because I, being in Washington state, you know, I've got Microsoft in my backyard. I've got Amazon, Facebook, Nintendo, Expedia, all these different companies that I was just like, well, why can't those be the next step? Um, But I had seen a job for a web systems analyst um, working for one of the cities nearby and it Required a bachelor's. Again, I only hold in associates up until next month, which is exciting, but we can go into that later. Um, but it required a bachelor's. And I was just like, well, you know, let's just kind of let's let's shoot the shot and see what happens. A thing about government, too, is that it takes forever. If you think that um, tech companies and their interview processes that are four or five rounds, that, that takes forever. You nope. Know, I applied in August and I didn't hear back until January. So like to set up interviews and so, yeah, so I applied and I heard, but in the meantime though, I I applied in August and I landed a role at a software company in September. Um, Long story short for that company, it didn't work out. Uh, In January, the government job got back to me and they're just like, Hey, we're doing interviews. Are you interested? And I hemmed and hawed because, again, I thought the next step was just another private tech company. And um, but I still went through the interview process. It was just I, I talked to a couple people, husband included, and um, they were just like, you know, let's just see what happens. You never know. Fast forward two months later of the interview process and the, d- the decision making, um, I decided to take the role in March. And so I started um, not too long ago, actually, about three weeks ago. So nice. there I am. But. Why did I take it? Uh, why did I do the switch? Why did I think it was okay? Uh, mostly because I I think the crazy plan A, plan B, plan C path of my career made it way too chaotic that I was constantly getting burnout. And at that one year, one like year and a half mark, um, I, I was unhappy with certain things at majority of the company as I was landing. Um, real
0: quick pause. Yeah. Let's maybe define burnout for people yeah. who don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm probably not the best person to define it <laughs> although <laughs> I experience it often. Um, <laughs> how would you describe burnout for you personally? I guess I can describe it for me personally as well. I I feel like it's it's sort of getting to a point in which you are very uh kind of well burnt out <laughs> is a great way to describe <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. But but you get you kind of overtax yourself and it just becomes way too much, and it's overwhelming, and it becomes very difficult to focus and complete your job, I, I would imagine, is kind of a very basic way to describe it.
2: I think I think that's a basic understanding, and I think that's a good way to kind of start the explanation. For me personally, I, it was actually a point to where what I was doing at the role wasn't fulfilling enough. Um, it was becoming uh, either too toxic, or I wasn't really... because again, I hit varying points of burnout at all these different companies. Um, And it was like at this most recent one, it was a toxic environment. But at another one, it was a lack of quality of work that was fulfilling me and my creativity. You know, so I, I, I don't think there is a true definition of burnout because I think it hits people differently. I think it hits people at certain times differently. And I think it can hit you often. What I had realized, though, is that I was getting hit too much, for like my stress level, my health, and that was when I was just kind of like, well, life is way too short, so we need to reevaluate. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that that's my take on on burnout.
0: I know in our line of work that Brandon and I are in in the advocacy. Early in my career, when I was a young junior developer evangelist, um, a lovely uh, developer evangelist named Jerome told me to be very, very careful of travel burnout. This was Mm. back in the pre-Panini days where we were traveling quite a bit, anywhere from like three to four times a month. And when he first told me that, as someone new to this industry who had never traveled for work, so new and young and innocent to the world, um, I I acknowledged what he said, but I was like, this is going to take me a while because I am going (laughs) to love to travel. Travel. And burn, travel burnout is very real. I have come to discover in in my career that, like you know, yeah. Jerome was absolutely right that there's so many different sizes and shapes of burnout out
1: there. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah,
1: it's actually really interesting. So we're, we're getting a lot of comments coming in about burnout. Um, so I, I think it's pronounced "hell." Oh, how on <laughs> earth this? <laughs> uh, but. This is, Burnout's totally rough um, ADHD mm-hmm. people crash into burnout walls very easily yeah um, mm-hmm. friend of the show PJ Metz is hanging out with us hey, he PJ. says um, he's actually scared of it because he's not sure if he's experienced it yeah. and
0: it's that's so fair. That's
1: yeah because it is it is definitely it's something that's different for every person
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I, like I know for me it's when I when I wake up and I don't want to do the work anymore. Uh, well, like when I'm no longer yeah. excited about what I'm doing or mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm grinding because I have to do something. Um, that's that's how I identify the burnout for me. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that usually comes in with either I'm taking on too much work or, like you said, too much travel or well, travel for work, obviously travel for vacation. I don't know if I <laughs> oh, ever good. I wish you could out. burn
0: out on vacation. Burn <laughs> age, but
1: totally burned out. Uh, but yeah, when I, or, or yeah, if I'm clearly uh, like you were saying earlier, like just working on projects that don't fulfill you anymore, where it's just like, mm-hmm. okay, well got to do this again. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's so important to be able to, to recognize that. And, and usually it's, um, once you can recognize the symptoms, then you can Mm -hmm. know what to do next. Whether it's just like, well, I've been traveling way too much for work. I just need to take December off. No more travel in December. Or whether it's, uh, uh, I don't believe in the mission of the product or the team I'm working with anymore. Um, Let's look at working for new teams or different products. Because um, yeah, it'll hit everybody differently. And then the Mm -hmm. ways you work around it are going to be different for everybody. So yeah, it's tough to, tough to, I guess, diagnose it or even um, prescribe a resolution for it. But, it happens. <laughs> yeah. it'll, I would say it'll hit everybody. therapy yeah.
0: and, and if you have a good relationship with your manager, talking to your manager about it to figure out ways to help kind of circumvent your burnout is good. But mm-hmm. I'm so glad that we're talking this is actually, I think, maybe one of the first times we've talked about burnout on the show. So I'm I'm so happy that you're sharing your burnout tale with us. <laughs> of course. <laughs>
2: um yeah, so Uh, And then that was actually one thing, too, where I when I was talking to the manager who's now my boss, he was just like, you know, because he he came from the private tech sector as well. He used to work for software companies working in PHP. And he was just like, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of demand. There's a lot of stress. And that just doesn't exist here. And so I think a part of it, too, was just out of curiosity. You know, like I I had I had done kind of what I wanted to do in the the private tech sector. Um, And so let's just see what public. Is and how that fits. So,
0: and so far, so
2: good. It seems. So far, so good. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm not really touching code. I'm not pushing up. I'm not yelling at terminal or like biting my <laughs> nails every single time I go to run git push um or having to like wrestle why a UI should be fixed versus <laughs> um, not fixing it. Uh, and that in itself is one of those things where I was just like, wow, I really needed a breather and I really needed to kind of step back and reevaluate and, and, but again, I needed, I needed the workplace to allow me to do that because, you know, you're there 40 plus hours, depending, um, one, one government doesn't really uh, support OT, So in the sense of like, you just do 40 hours and please leave type of thing, you know, like you can get the work that you need to get done tomorrow. And I realized that, um, there I was suffering from PTSD and I still kind of am from everything that I had gone through in the companies that I was at, because I've been like, well, what about this deadline? What about that deliverable? When, when, when are my deliverables due? Or, you know, do we work in sprints? Do we work, you know, just all these different questions and everyone is just like, it's okay. It's going to ramp up slowly and you'll get there when you get there. And it was one of those things where, like I said, I needed to hear that and I needed the workplace to tell me, Hey, you can breathe. Just you'll find. you'll be fine.
0: Has that change been so drastic going from what into government? Yes. Is it a completely yes. uh, different speed? Yes,
2: <laughs> it's a completely different speed, and I can totally i can I can relate to people who like dislike the speed um because it it is slower i i Chloe, you had mentioned you know like kind of your chaotic and en- um energy that you that your live journal had and that you probably. <laughs> to an extent, yeah. enjoy with your role. So if, if you like that, then I'm, I'm not saying, you know, don't, don't leave that. I'm, I'm just saying that for me, I think I needed, I needed to see the other side of it and I needed to see if the other side worked for me. And the pace has changed. Like it's a whole 180. Um, I've only had three meetings this week.
1: Oh, what does that like?
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, what is it like? It's one of those things where it's like, well, should I be doing something? Should I be doing something? And they know I'm doing something. They trust me that I'm doing something, uh, but I don't need to be on Zoom to show that. And that again is just something that uh, apparently my brain and my stress levels and my emotional levels really just needed to be told and forced to do by switching.
0: Imagine. All the focus time and work I could get done at three meetings. What a treat! What a dream!
1: Yeah. Um, I know you've you've only been doing the job for a couple of weeks or working mm-hmm. in government for a couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. I, since you are now officially the, the expert on eight bits as <laughs> on, <laughs> on uh, tech in government, um, mm-hmm. what what are the tech roles that are out there in in government, uh, what what would you do if somebody watching or listening is mm-hmm. thinking about also making that transition, what what work could they expect?
2: Um, that's a great question. Uh the jobs that I had seen locally, so like I said, I'm a web systems analyst. Mm-hmm. And so I I need a background in kind of website and content management systems and kind of how to use a dragon a drag and drop builder. So those are still needed skills. Um, and then, of course, the design um, is just kind of like a cherry on top type of situation. But my role is I maintain and upload any pertaining content that a citizen might need or might benefit um, a citizen of the city that um, I work for. And the jobs that you might see, you know, they, when I was looking, I, I would just type in web or, or, or design and it would be like, an associates web producer or an associates um, designer. It's it's funny because when you I when you type in engineering and when you type in designer in the government sector, you're going to get like land engineering or you know that type of thing where you're building these codes and stuff like that that are for permits. So it's a little bit more um, a bro- broader uh, search in that field, but it's. From what i'm seeing and what i'm seeing the need is for is very much just like online portals or um, websites for these cities or marketing for these cities um and i think that was what the panini taught everyone as well um like my my role is a now 100 percent remote um whereas like i knew I, I think 20 circa 2019 and prior um would have very much not have been remote but it can be because i all of my work is just on the website that's my home that's what i maintain and then beyond that, um, I'm actually going to be working with SharePoint um, and building an intranet, which I have also seen is also very popular in the government space. Which is essentially kind of creating that online dashboard for uh, like city hall employees to manage and um, retrieve documentation that they need. So it's it's a need, and there is a, or like resources out there. But it's I think it's from what I can tell, it's growing for that because of the panini. And What's really because-
0: fascinating about government work is your users are literally everyone. Like, yep. <laughs> there's no yeah. age group, there's no gender. Sure. Like, it's yeah. literally every human.
1: Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> and oh, go ahead. I was saying, Yeah, there's no that none of that. Um, who's your target demographic? Right, or, right. Customer <laughs> lifetime value and all that um, kind of profit-focused driven business. Yeah. I it sounds really
0: nice. Yeah, the yeah, focus work. I bet is a lot more on like, can everyone use this?
2: <laughs> really? Yeah, very much so, and like even with like marketing, like my boss told me in the interview process, he was like, "We've been a city for the last eight hundred years. You don't <laughs> have to market the thing." Right?
0: Like, like you're. <laughs> I guess we're, we're not going to see any developer relations folks working uh, for well, the government anytime soon. Probably.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I. I, I like advocacy work. So I was pushing for like building how to videos and stuff like that. And my boss was like, yeah, just do that down the line. And I was like, perfect. So I, maybe I will be the step in the direction Ooh. of advocacy and government. And then you guys could join me. I
1: love it.
0: <laughs> City advocacy. Yes.
1: <laughs> That'd be so much fun.
0: Well, if you ever need someone to test out your app's, I will give you full access to my dad. We are currently trying <laughs> to learn how to use the Uber app and I've been giving a lot of feedback to my boyfriend who works there. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but It's but what I'm learning as an engineer in teaching my dad who, mm-hmm. you know, is new to this technology. Like we mm-hmm. got him a, a he had a flip phone up until a couple years ago and it this is not super easy for him to use. So like there are things that you have to think about when your user is literally everyone in the world, you know, how accessible is this? Um, Is this in different languages? I would imagine as well. Um, Like, and I would imagine from a uh, scale perspective, when you're dealing with cities and you're dealing with, you know, things that have to do with the government, like Mm -hmm. that's a lot of things to account for, even though you've removed that, that customer element of it.
2: Definitely, yeah you you have to make sure that you upload the right PDF. For example, that is housing the you know the twenty twenty one budget for the city. Like you can't upload the wrong one, or else you're gonna be sending off the wrong one. Right? Because I mean, because and that was something too. Again, that PTSD of and we don't we don't have to go into this because I'm not sure. Can't remember, but um, like like pay and salary, that is all online, and that is not taboo, and that is something that is so openly discussed and advocated for in in the government sector because it's 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 needed. And so I was just like, well, can't we just move that into private tech companies, please? Because I would love to just have that conversation more. But that was definitely one of the things again where it's like, oh wow, this is this is different. But the all the differences to me at least is is exciting because. It's it's just another thing to learn about.
0: <laughs> PJ had a suggestion in the chat for a, a Pawnee style commercial, like Parks and Rec. <laughs> and I'm kind of upset that there was not a character on Parks and Rec that was like their IT person. I I would have loved, <laughs> loved that storyline. Same, I would have loved that
2: storyline too.
0: Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> the Pawnee website. I guess this is a spinoff show. We have to pitch to make sure.
1: Yes, um, call us. To make sure. <laughs> 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 I really, um when we were chatting the other day uh mm-hmm. you mentioned something and i'd love to dive into this just a little bit because i don't know how many people have done it or how many people have thought or know know that it's even possible to do but you actually left tech and came back you yeah
2: took,
1: yeah was it a year hiatus yeah um,
2: technically speaking two two years in total but yeah
1: Incredible. Um, so I'd love to know, how did that go? And then what was it like trying to get back into tech without having that or with what we we'll call like a gap on your resume?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, well, the resume part, I lied. Um, <laughs> so we're just going to go straight to that. The resume part, I just said, um that yeah, I was I was maintaining a website for this one company and um, and then doing freelance. So that's I how saw I got
0: a tweet yesterday that resonated with me so deeply that said uh, it was like, "Please explain the gap in your employment." And it said, oh, "Yes, it was list. the happiest year of my life." Like, <laughs> and I think that's gonna be my answer if I ever have a gap in employment. <laughs> Um, but life is life, right? I mean, like, I I feel like we're at a point now, I hope in society where like a gap in employment is not viewed as a death sentence to someone's career. People have children and elderly to take care Mm -hmm. of and like life things happen in life. So, um, but I, I love that. (laughs) Um, Fake it till you make it. (laughs) <laughs>
2: exactly so yeah that gap actually is made up of me going to construction and going into the construction field um, my husband and i um we own a general contracting um firm i guess it's a firm of three people so you know uh, <laughs> but uh it was something that needed to happen in 2017 because i was reaching ultimate burn- burnout because i was working about 80 hours a week i was working 40. 40, to 45 hours, my tech job. And then after being in downtown Seattle, I would go to wherever city my husband was in and, um, work on the job site. And I was making phone calls and like talking to vendors and like at my lunch, I, I was going on a phone call with like a carpet guide and say, Hey, are you there? Um, and it was just all these different things that I, I, uh, the universe told me to slow down again, or one of the first times because um, I ended up unfortunately getting into a really bad accident on the freeway because I fell asleep on the road um so I had that wake up call and was just like okay can can I do this um can I possibly take a step back from something that at the time I was a part of and like the tech industry, not even just personally but uh, Outside of kind of my own life, because I have family in IT, um, can I go away from that and not be in it, and then come back to it? Like that was a solid question I had asked myself um, because the construction business was something that I had faith in, and something that I knew that if I could fully commit to it, a hundred percent, it could grow into something a bit more lucrative, and. Um, I, I made that decision on my own and I was just like, you know, to my husband, I was like, honey, like, let's just, let's do this. And so, yeah, I left tech um, and I, I left it again with that plan B in mind to say, I know I can fall back into this. I know it's a ever-lasting field that I'll find some random, you know, job at Lowe's because Lowe's needs a web person. Like <laughs> I, I, I knew that I could find a way back in. Yeah. Um, did I know a hundred percent? You know, no. There was like some uncertainty and a lot of fear. Um, but I I decided to take the jump and um, I jumped in. Like I said, unofficially for about a year and then officially for a full year, a hundred percent, um, uh, completely away from tech. Um, on my resume, I'm not, but uh, completely away from it. I'm not networking. I'm not. I'm not touching Figma. I'm not. I'm not in code. Like I knew for a fact that I was putting on, I was, I was, I was changing out of my really comfy leggings for construction Carhartt gear. And instead of a keyboard, I was trying to not hit my hand with a hammer. And I was just like, let's just see what happens and doing that. And then also owning your own business that taught me a whole, like just magnitude of, Knowledge because I was just like, oh, this is people. I'm talking to a customer face to face. I can't hide behind my screen. I can't yell at my email before a Zoom meeting starts because I'm gonna just have to not, you know, like I, I can't put on a facade. I'm going into these people's homes. I'm changing their lives for a duration of time while this renovation is happening. And it was such a wake-up call to even that part of everything where I was just like, okay, so this this is different, this I like. But um, how can I then do this? Uh, then um, then do this, and then then apply it well, and then use my own kind of skills. Thankfully, I'm a very I like to talk to people, I like to get to know people, so I kind of attach like project management to that um, on my resume, actually. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it, a year into it, we I was able, we were able to hire another person. We were able to create longer projects and create like bigger projects. And then um, the just a hundred percent transparency, the financial gain that you get out of owning a business isn't um, as big as being in tech. And so I was just like, okay, well, I feel like this is at a good stopping point for me. I'm going to step away from it and let's try to go back into tech. And that felt ba- like I was back in '09. i I'm getting this job in marketing as a multimedia specialist for a smaller outfit of a company nearby. And so ever since then, I'm kind of climbing back up that ladder. Um, I also decided to go back to school. So again, I feel like I'm back going for my associates, but this is this time it's for my bachelor's. Um, and and it's been a long two years and it's been, especially 2020, which is what's time, but, um, sorry, wait, three years. I've been back into this. Yeah. So I've been back in tech officially for three years. Um, it's been long, it's been hard, but it's, it's something that I'm very proud that I did. Uh, because again, I learned about that customer piece that I didn't know really existed before that. Um, and I learned that I really wanted to help people in a certain way. And, um, and I needed to do that through my work and I needed to do that if I could through tech, which, again, is also why full circle year, I think I landed in government because I'm in tech adjacently. Um, but I'm also helping the citizens of a city. So
1: yeah, in the comments, I can't say it any better myself. Uh, PJ says that it sounds like a good gap year or gap couple years where you <laughs> had lots of learning, understanding about yourself, you kind of know your and it sounds like yeah you know yourself better now you know your mm-hmm. abilities better now and it help you figure out what you want to do like you know mm-hmm. we're all just saying what, what do i want to do with my life and this helped you <laughs> at least take a step in that direction which is always great now
0: thank we only you, have a couple you. minutes left yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing but okay. um speaking of awesome things you do i hear you have a twitch channel yeah, where folks can check you, check out all the amazing things you do. Tell <laughs> us about that.
2: Yeah, so that is a channel between my friend and I, Carlos. Um, we met through mutual friends recently online, actually, got a lot of online friends. Um, but uh, Carlos is trying to get into tech himself, or it, is halfway there, and I wanted to kind of keep my ear to the ground. Um, so we that is we call ourselves the Code goes. Which means, um, well, it's it's a play on words of amigos and code, and because it's just two amigos at code, and we are currently building a game um, that will we call it Penguin Wars. But I don't know if you guys ever played the card game War, but it's essentially the highest yes. number wins. Um, but our characters and avatars are penguins, so we're 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 building that. We started in Figma, um, and then we're going into React, and then we'll incorporate some Python with machine learning, and then kind of push it out to. The community and have some community outreach with it
0: as well. But so if you an... wanna check out the next generation of Club Penguin, <laughs> check out the stream is what you're yes, saying. <laughs> basically,
2: yes. Club Penguin fans and even like, I guess to an extent, Neopets fans, um, come say hi. But we 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 do that weekly and um I use I, I come from more of like a design side on that stream and then bring in my technical side if need be. And then Carlos brings in the text or engineering side and for me, it's a way to kind of have that authenticity of live debugging that I really enjoy, and then again, the that community piece that really matters to me a lot. So I think we're really it's very, very, very new
0: babies into the streaming. So please be kind
2: if you guys ever show up, but yeah, we'd love to have you.
0: <laughs> so exciting! Yeah. I'm gonna follow right now the Cody the code goes.
1: Cody goes. <laughs> For anybody listening along, uh, you can subscribe or follow them on Twitch. It's the T H E Codigos C O D I G O S. Uh, what What days do you stream? What's the when should people tune in?
2: Tuesdays uh, around five thirty. Um, Tuesdays oh, 5.30 PST. I always feel like it's important hey. thing to put PM PST.
0: Well, this has been such a fun episode. I feel like we've been having some really great chats just in the chat alone about burnout and like how people are affected by it or maybe didn't know about it and are learning more about it. So thank you for for sharing your story and your expertise with us. And I'm so happy to hear that you're happy in this role.
2: <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You guys are great.
0: Happy, happy ending. Um, <laughs> well, we'll have to check in with you on a future episode on how it's going uh, further down the road in your, in your new job.
2: Yes, please.
0: Brandon, we've come to the end of the show again. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. uh, we will see y'all next week, right? It's not billed yet. We'll still be back next week. Is it? Do the math Yes. Right yes. yes, we'll yes. be here. Next not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see y'all next week for not billed, but we will, I'm sure, have a lot of exciting things to announce. So until then, y'all, Bye. bye.